This is a podcast from the Queen City Podcast Network. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread around your own good. This August, Share Charlotte is celebrating Black Philanthropy Month. We are highlighting nonprofits that are Black-led and Black-benefiting. Today, we're introducing you to a group that's going inside Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools to work with students one-on-one. Communities in Schools works with children in 55 Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools, which have high percentages of low-income students. 89% of those students identify as Black or Latinx. CIS provides site coordinators who work with these children to help them overcome barriers in the classroom, stay in school, and see their potential. We're joined by three guests who hold a special place in their hearts for CIS. Menchayas Ari, who is the president and CEO, Brianna Woods, who was once in CIS about eight years ago and is a coordinator, and Jalea Wilson, who was in CIS and just graduated from high school. Welcome, everybody, to Good Charlotte. Hello. Thank, Thank you for you. having us. Yeah, I'm going to start with Menchayas, um, even though I told Jalea already that she's my favorite guest, um, because I want you to sort of explain communities and schools for people who this is new to them. Tell us what you guys do. Well, first and foremost, thank you for having us. Communities and schools, we're part of a nationwide movement to really make sure that we provide supports for students so that they can achieve in life. So here in Charlotte-Mecklenburg, as you mentioned, we provide uh, supports. We're in 55 schools. We provide case management support for over 6,000 students. And we really focus on schools that have high concentrations of poverty. What we realize is that we want to provide support so that every student has an opportunity to succeed. We go in and we remove the barriers to learning. We help if students need assistance with, uh, if they have uh, housing insecurity, if they are first in their family to go to college, we provide college tours and supports. Our goal is to remove all barriers to learning so that when they get in the classroom, they can focus on learning. So it sounds like you have a really good partnership with Charlotte Mecklenburg Schools and that you have some sort of referral process going back and forth. So they're identifying the kids that can maybe use your services. And then I'm guessing, depending on the kid and what their circumstances are, those are specialized services one-on-one. Absolutely. So the counselors in the schools, the principals, the teachers, they make referrals directly to communities and schools. Oftentimes, a child may, you know, one week they're very energetic and doing their homework and really focused, and then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, something may change, and the teacher may know that something's different, but they don't have time to really unpack that. Our site coordinators really go into the classrooms and they really build relationships with students. They build the trust. Our founder said that it's not programs that change people's lives, it's relationships. So we build relationships with students, we trust them, they trust us, we advocate for them, we teach them how to advocate for themselves, and then we're able to partner with them to help them uncover their hidden potential so that they can succeed in life. So Brianna, you are one of those site coordinators. So yes. you're meeting these kids, um, meeting them where they are. Mm-hmm. And then what does what your job look like? How are you helping? What is your caseload? 
So my position is an intensive case manager. Um, I carry a caseload about 25 students, but I do go over sometimes because I do know that there are students that need to be served. Um, and so my day-to-day is just building the relationships with those students. Um, like Michaya said, um, dissolving those barriers. So a lot of the students on my caseload have to fit a certain criteria, such as um, outstanding absences. So we try to eliminate the uh, chronic absenteeism in schools. Um, A lot of my students um, experience immediate crises in homes. So family, housing insecurities, food insecurities, things of that nature. A lot of my students have um, severe behavioral issues, behavioral challenges that just, you know, make them stand out a little bit differently from the rest. So well, you were saying they're they're, they're a fun bunch Mm -hmm. and you you love what you do. Mm -hmm. When you meet your students, are, are they are they all ages? Are you do you do you focus on elementary? Um, and then when I, I'm just guessing, you're a huge help to these teachers because you know it, they're trying to teach. They can't they can't give that specialized one on one care that you're giving to them. So uh, intensive case manager, we have them in three different positions. There's elementary position, middle school, which is the position that I'm in, and then there's high school intensive case managers. Mm -hmm. So I work with the middle schoolers. And if you know middle school, you know middle school. They're trying to figure themselves out. They're trying to learn the ins and outs. They're creating friends. They're not making the best decisions. But that's where I come in, to help guide them to make the best decisions, to talk them through it, um, build developmental relationships with them. when it comes to teachers, like Michai has mentioned, teachers can identify students that may have had a change from one week to another week, and they refer them to myself or another member that is on the team from CIS, um, and I assess them to see if they meet the criteria, and we do sessions. We can do anything that they would like, anything that would help them um, feel better. So we do, like, social-emotional learning groups. We... Um, it's just a lot to describe, honestly. We do a lot. I yeah. do a lot on a day-to-day basis. So. Well, and I guess what is I'm, – I'm guessing you have your daily wins, mm-hmm. and then you have a long, long-term long wins. Mm-hmm. So what, what is a win what's – a, what's a win for you? A win for me with my fun bunch um, is just making sure that they come to school every day and yeah. that they have a better day than they had before. Um, a lot of my students – experience um, intense home life situations so when they come to school they're not in the best moods and that can affect their their day so meeting them at the beginning of their day automatically setting the tone for how their day is going to go is a win for me so just when they get off the bus having that energy the the personality asking them how their day was if they need anything um, that definitely will set the tone for that that's definitely a win for me I, I love that um, better than the day before and it sounds so simple, but it's, I mean, that's, I mean, that's a win. That's, you, it was better than yesterday. That's great. So tell me, Julia, what, what was your experience life like when you were going through communities in school? Um, I've been a student in communities in school since I was in middle school. My first site coordinator was Miss Partlow, um, and my high school site coordinator was Miss St. Villas. Communities in school not only helps you focus on an academic standpoint, but as everyone previously mentioned, it helps you extremely when it comes to helping your, your you succeed in your mental state. Um, 
I remember in middle school with Miss Parlow when my grandma had first passed. Hmm. I was going through a lot, and my teachers were noticing it because as a student, you what goes on in your home life reflects on you in your school life. And Miss Partlow helped me as well as other students, not only just me, but we had a group for students who had lost a loved one. I remember there was another little boy who had lost his father, and it was he was reflecting on him in school too. And we did things that helped us cope and understand our feelings on the situation so we could better succeed with our academics in school. As well as in um, high school with Miss St. Billis, we would have mental health days where we would just come into one classroom and maybe eat snacks or draw pictures or stuff like that just to help us unpack because high school is very stressful in itself with excluding the home life. Um, but my experience, to summarize it, in some in communities and schools has just been a foundation for me to grow and develop within school, but also within myself. Yeah, and I, I would just say that all people, regardless, like it's impossible for, for your brain to turn off at home right. um, when you come into work or when you come into school. It's normal that those bleed into each other. Right. Um, so it's awesome to hear that you had all the support to help you through some really difficult times. And so now you've graduated from high school. What are some of the things that you did, you know, through your middle school or high school years that you're still used now as far as some of the sort of uh, lessons that they taught you? Well, um, I graduated in high school in June, and in the fall, I actually leave tomorrow, I will be attending North Carolina A&T as an honor student to major in graphic design user experience. Fantastic. <laughs> um, a backstory of me, I am a first-generational student, and walking into high school, I knew nothing about college. Um, I had no money to go to school. Um, no knowledge of how to get to school. I just had a desire to know that that's something that I wanted to do, not only for me, but to let my family know as well as my younger siblings because I'm the oldest of five, six, <laughs> I apologize, <laughs> younger siblings, to know that this isn't, that there's another way to life, a better way to life, and to help them understand that, yes, it might take a little bit of work and um sweat and tears but you will get there and it'll be amazing when you get there and communities and schools was a very crucial part of me getting to where I am now because as I mentioned my site coordinator earlier Miss St. Villas she helped me she understood my um, circumstances as in me having no money for school or me having no knowledge but that didn't stop her from helping me she worked one-on-one -on -one with me sometimes an hour out of the day to just make sure that any scholarship that came about or that she had knowledge of she would call me to her office and say Julia I have this scholarship for you and I know it's gonna I know it's a long application but you know if you need any help we can fill it out together and we would fill it out together and answer all the questions to it in order for me to make sure that I was doing what I wanted to doing what I needed to do to get where I needed to go 
Yeah, and you're going. Yes, I mean, no. that's that's amazing. Manchise, when you hear a success story like that, I mean, and I know you just got back on a trip with a bunch of kids too, so I mean... What is, how does it make you feel? Yeah, no, it's, it's a dream job for me. I, I really believe that I'm doing uh, my life's work right now. When you think about Charlotte right now and our studio, we're sitting right underneath all of the beautiful skyscrapers, and our skyline is one to be envied across the state. But when you think about Charlotte, particularly our school district, we now are in a situation where one out of every two schools is a high-poverty school. Yep. We're a Title I school, and we're on a track for them growing around 10 to 11 each year. And what you've heard in Jalea here is Jalea is our next leader. She's the yeah. next bank president. She's the next marketer, our next entrepreneur. And we want to make sure that students who attend high poverty schools or Title I schools get the same opportunities of, as students who attend other schools in our region who have more resources. So communities and schools, we see ourselves as making sure that no student falls through the cracks because you never know where our next senator is sitting. You never know where our next leader is sitting. And with one out of every two schools in our community being high poverty schools, it's a good chance that they're sitting in a high poverty school. So her story brings a smile to my heart. It really is great to hear that you stopped in to share your story with us on your way out to school and uh, it, tomorrow. And communities and schools also will provide support for her even while she's gone. Many of our site coordinators still get calls, still get referrals. In fact, some of them come back and work for us like Ms. Wilson did here. And it's just uh, an opportunity for us to pay it forward because each of us has had someone in their lives to really inspire them to do better. And I was going to say, when you go, don't call. Make Ask for help. You What you've learned is that no one does it by themselves. Every, people have support. You've found it through communities and schools, and, and, it's, and it's wonderful that you're going where you're going, but that, that doesn't mean it's you're done. It, you know, right. there's more hard work ahead, and um, I'm I'm just excited to hear that you have you have had this support and that you can continue to rely on it um, in the next steps, and then really truly be that inspiration for your siblings. Are your siblings in community and schools too? Yes, my brother is in communities and schools as well. So he's um, going into his junior year at Philip O'Berry. So very excited for that. Yeah, and so. I know when you're working with middle school students, you don't necessarily get to see, you know, them get to high school. Mm-hmm. Um, when you went through the program, uh, what was it that made you want to come back? So I was in communities and schools when I was in high school. Um, I went to Myers Park High School. I graduated from Myers Park High School. And my situation was a tough one. Um, I'm raised by a single parent very sickly mother, um, no siblings, I'm an only child. So trying to navigate high school with a sick parent, a single parent, um, it was difficult. Um, so I, one of my teachers referred me to communities and schools, and at first I was, what, I don't want to do this, and I already have so much going on, and I don't want to join something else. Um, and so when I met Miss Weinstein or Stacy, uh, it was like a second mom. 
is mm-hmm. what I would say. I couldn't afford a lot of just the basic needs. So communities and schools provided basic needs. Um, when I needed clothes, she would send me referrals to um, crisis assistance ministry. When we needed food, she would get me food from Second Harvest Food Bank. Um, when I wanted to go to prom, because I couldn't afford prom, she paid for my prom ticket. Graduation, I couldn't afford my cap and gown, so she bought my cap, you know, bought my cap and gown. Um, there was a week called uh, free scholarship or free application week for school. I don't know if I'm saying that correctly, but at the time it was free application week where all of the high school students could apply for any college they wanted to for free. Um, so I remember Miss Weinstein coming to pull me out of class because I didn't want to go to college. I didn't, I didn't think I could go to college because I couldn't afford it. And so she was like, no, you're going to do this. Come on. So we went and we sat in a computer lab for three hours and I'm hungry, I'm tired, all of my friends are at lunch and um, I filled out maybe six applications and um, I didn't hear anything back. And it's so funny because I did not find out I was going to college until two weeks before I was supposed to move in. I just so happened to call the school and say, hey, you know, I didn't receive a letter I just want to check the status, you know, if, if I heard anything. And she was like, well, I'm not supposed to read it, but, yeah, you were accepted. And, and that moment I was just like, I was accepted into college. <sighs> and so I immediately called Miss Weinstein, and she, you know, jumped for joy, and she got me everything I needed. She got me this care package. It came with a comforter, detergent, a laundry basket, like the basic essentials that I needed for college. And to this day I still have that. Um, I still have the same exact comforter, same exact um, basket. So they they allowed well, me. Well, and you didn't just stop at college. No. Right? You mm-hmm. kept going. Yes. I have my master's degree in social work. Yeah. Um, I have my bachelor's in social work as well. So I started off at Shaw University. Um, it was too far away from home being that my mother was sickly. So I came and did a year at Central Piedmont Community College. When I worked to get the credits, I transferred to Livingstone College in Salisbury. That is when I got my undergraduate degree in um, social work. And then I matriculated and went to get my master's degree at John C. Smith University. And I tell Ms. Weinstein as many times, many chances I get that she is the reason that I actually went into social work. Because her case management skills and just the level of support that she provided, coming to school hungry, coming to school without clothes, coming to school stressed about what happened the day yeah. before, she she kind of eliminated all of that. So I still, I still we, we actually work together now. I was so going to ask. Yeah, him. so I love it. Mm-hmm, we actually just took a picture at our last meeting. So yeah, it's an amazing story, right? Oh, I mean, you get me all <laughs> choked up. I'm just thinking, what a great investment, mm-hmm. like for her mm-hmm. that she sees. You know, she helped this this teenager and the woman that you've become, and ah. Oh, yeah, that's a huge success story too. She still she still asks about my mom, so my mom still knows her. Um, she still asks frequently, and she's actually going to help me possibly purchase a house later in the future. So, just building those relationships. It's about developmental relationships, the bonds that I created while I was in CIS, um, the memories that I have from being in CIS, the opportunities I was afforded from being in CIS, and I knew that that is something that I wanted to do. I wanted to be what Miss Weinstein was to me to someone else. So, that's what I'm doing now. Well, we're gonna take a break, and we'll be right back, and we'll talk more about CIS. Where do you turn to stay in touch with the city around you? Broadcast news isn't what it used to be. 
commercial radio doesn't scratch that itch. If only there was one place you could get it all, when you want, wherever you want, on your schedule, there is the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city on your schedule at queencitypodcastnetwork.com and everywhere you get your podcasts. So, Julie, you were saying uh, Miss Woods' story touched you. What do you want to share? Yes, um, it brought back so many memories of my own experiences with both of my site coordinators. I just believe in my heart that they really do what they do, not because it's, that is their job, but because they truly do care and want to see their students that they work with on a day-to-day basis succeed. Um, along with me getting accepted into college, and working so hard on earning so many scholarships with Miss St. Villas, I will be attending a and in the fall with a full ride for all four years. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, and that's not easy to do. Like, that's, that's, um, that's amazing. And they don't just give that money to anybody either. So, yeah, congratulations. That's really awesome. And I do believe, I mean, hearing your stories, it's very clear um, that communities and schools, is, it, it isn't just about the work. It's, it's about the people. It's, a, it's, a, it's the relationships that you're building, and that's why you're so effective. Um, Manchise, you, w- what is it about their stories that you want people to understand that's um, so special about communities and schools? No, I... I, I am smiling. It's it's full circle moment for me hearing the story, seeing the passion of uh, Briani. We see each other at work, and you know her passion, her zeal for the work it shows. And listening to her story it helps you understand why. And listening to Jalia's success and getting ready to go to college with a full ride, it really just reiterates how important it is for us to be able to be in every Title I school. Uh, This summer, there's been numerous articles about attendance and the challenges around attendance and chronic absenteeism. Uh, There is a correlation between high percentages of absenteeism and high degrees of poverty in school, not because students don't want to learn. They just have so many challenges and hurdles that they have to overcome. So as CEO, I really want CIS to be in every single school in Charlotte-Mecklenburg schools, but we're prioritizing our Title I schools, and right now we're in 42 of 102 Title I schools. Every time we get closer to the finish line, it seems as if they move the finish line. So our goal is to really get into every single school so that two other young ladies in the community and all children have the same opportunities if you, as you've heard of our, our presenters here today. And so how can I help? How can someone listening say, like, be a part of this and, and, and make such a difference? Oh, fantastic question. Well, we called Communities and Schools because we really partner with people in the community to support us. 
I'm just getting back from a trip to Washington, D.C., where we took two, 20 students from across all of the high schools in our community, and we had 20 community members. And the goal was really just to share their experiences and their life lessons. Uh, we need volunteers, but to be honest, we also need donations. The, the thing that's keeping us from going into more Title I schools is we really just need to make sure that we raise enough funds so that we can hire more people, as you've heard the passion and uh, Miss Wood's voice, and as she told her story, there's plenty of others who really need to be in the classrooms providing supports and removing barriers so that every student has an opportunity to succeed. Yeah, and it's so it comes down to labor. It's, it comes down to workforce being able to afford those salaries. And Absolutely. for nonprofits, that's, that's, a, that's a huge challenge. So where do I find you? We can be found on www.cischarlotte.org. Okay. And then there, there's a donate button. I'm there's guessing. a donate button. There's also a button if you want to find out about volunteer opportunities. We really are ramping up our volunteer opportunities during the pandemic. Uh, many of the schools really did not have volunteers in the building, but things are opening back up and we really need the community to partner. And we, we call the students our kids and it's all of our kids. I believe that every adult has a responsibility to make sure that the next generation has the opportunity to succeed. From what I understand, a child and an adult relationship, if they have one adult, one adult that believes in them, Absolutely. that can make a difference. Absolutely. And so that adult can be their caseworker, yes. that can be their teacher, it can be a volunteer um, that's working th with Absolutely. you. So you can be that person. You can be that difference. Absolutely. Every single one of us, every single one of your listeners can really reflect back on a teacher, a counselor, a parent, someone who invested in them because their adults see things in students that students oftentimes don't see in themselves. You heard both say, I didn't think about college. It wasn't on my radar. But our team saw what we're all able to see today in them. And I'm so glad that they were able to be invested in and really uh, leaned into their full potential. Yeah. And that and that's what it that's what you need. You need someone who believes in you, who opens those doors. And I, I I'm I'm just so thankful that you shared your stories with us today. Um, if you know anyone who is doing good in our community, like the guests you've heard today, let me know. Tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on Do Good Charlotte. Reach out to me, Pamela Escobar, on social media. I'm Reporter Pam on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or go to the Queen City Podcast Network page and fill out the contact form for Do Good Charlotte. A big thanks to Share Charlotte. Make sure you use the hashtag DoGoodCLT and head to ShareCharlotte.org to find nonprofits looking for your help. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. QueenCityPodcastNetwork.com.